You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul. It is a privilege and an honor to be with you live here this Tuesday at the High FM studio. And today is Farbringen Day. This show is called Farbringen. Um, I don't think it's. I think it's been many years since I actually explained what a farbringen is. A farbringen literally is a Yiddish word which comes from the word "come together," farbring, bring everybody together and have a conversation. And farbringen has really become a word in Yiddish, but it's actually just become a word in the vernacular of the Jewish community of coming together, having an honest um, conversation about real life issues and the application of true Jewish values to life. And it's something that we try as best as we can to do on the show. And today, in the Hebrew calendar, is the ultimate Farbringen day. In other words, if there was a day that really brought the word Farbringen to the calendar, to to the vocabulary, to the vernacular of Jewish life, it's this day. Today is the 19th of Kislev, Yut Tes Kislev, which is a very powerful day in the Jewish calendar, and it has been it's being commemorated for the past 220 years as a day to focus on the gift of Jewish mysticism, the, the gift of um, the knowledge, the knowledge of the divine and Hasidus. And it's in commemoration of this day that really all around the world, Fabringans are happening in every single town. I've been, I have family in Across the world, I've been posting on the WhatsApp group various different pictures to celebrate this day, Yutis of which I want to unpack with you over the next few moments here on the show. What happened on this day and some practical lessons. It is a day that really calls for Fabringen, and therefore it's a, a tremendous opportunity to be able to Fabring about this day on the radio um, with you on this beautiful Tuesday here in Johannesburg. Yutis Kislev. The first time we hear about Yutas Kislev is in a book that was published a thousand years ago, close to a thousand years ago, which is called Shailas Achuvas Menashemayim, Responsa from Heaven. And it's actually written by a, one of the great sages, the Rishonim, one of the great sages of the 11th, 12th century, who used to receive, um, when, he, when he used to have questions, he used to go to sleep at night and in his dreams, he would receive responsa to his questions. And usually we don't take dreams so seriously, but because this individual was an extremely high caliber, his words were taken quite seriously. And even in Jewish law, a lot of um, laws are based on the premises that he taught in his book called Shaila Sutshuvis Minashamayim, Responsa from Heaven. And one of the things he brings is that this day, the 19th of Kislev, has been ordained as a Yom Segula, a day of an auspicious day, a day that has tremendous opportunity, a day that is just gifted with positivity, especially when it happens on a Tuesday. As he mentions, um, we know that when God created the world on the third day, which was Tuesday, he used the word, this is good, Kitov, twice. It's the only day that Hashem said that. And ever since then, Tuesday has been an, an auspicious day in the calendar when people plan certain events. They often try to plan it for a Tuesday due to the fact of the power of this day. And this year, indeed, the 19th of Kislev is on a Tuesday. And although this um, date was known 
based on this book, based on this response, it didn't really receive much acclaim until two major events happened in the 18th century. Um, one was in the year 17... 1772, and the other one was in the year 1798. In the year 1772, about the time that the American Revolution is really taking form and shape and the French Revolution is starting to gain some traction, etc., that's the era we're living in, there was a great sage. His name was Rabbi Dovber of Mezrich, who was who, although he's not as famous as his teacher, played a very important role in passing over his great teacher's teachings to the world. His teacher was the very famous Baal Shem Tov, the master of the good name, Rabbi, Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, who passed away in the year 1760. And Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov is credited, rightfully so, for bringing the Hasidic revolution to the world and literally transforming the map of Jewish life um, he took a Jewish world that at the time was decimated emotionally after many pogroms, especially the pogroms of 1648, 1649, which destroyed a majority of Jewish life in Eastern Europe, and the Shapsetzvit debacle, which is a historical, uh, fascinating historical story of the fake Messiah in the 1660s, who unfortunately, after the Jews were decimated physically, um, by the pogroms in the 1640s, this Shabtsaitsvi came as a respite and just feel, felt like an absolute gift. And many people bought into his uh, messianic promise, and only when he converted out of the faith um, did people realize that he was a fraud. And unfortunately, it caused a tremendous backlash um, in the Jewish community. It literally, emotionally and physically, the Jewish community was decimated. And one of the main figures who brought the Jewish community back to life was the master of the good name, the person who literally um, evoked in the Jewish people the passion for prayer and the passion for song and the passion for love of one another. The Val principles, which were obviously not original principles, they were you know part of the Judaic tradition for thousands of years, got a tremendous emphasis under him and literally revitalized the Jewish world. And when he passed away, it was his student, Rabbi Dovber of Mezrich, who took over and literally um, pushed it to the whole new level, although the Magid of Mezrich, his student, was only the leader of the movement for 12-plus years. In those 12 years, as a master administrator, and obviously as a tremendously righteous individual, was able to take the concept which till then was still more grassroots and take it beyond the grassroots and make it a fundamental part of Jewish life. He sent his students across Eastern Europe and literally tr with 120 plus students, many of them great names such as Rabbi Levi Yitzhak of Barditchev, um, Rabbi Limelech of Lizensk, um, the Balatanya, the author of Tanya, uh, Rabzusha, the famous Rabzusha of Anipali, and various other figures um, that are literally part of Jewish culture and are names that have had tremendous impact. They told us Yaakov Yosef, etc. All these individuals were just some of the students of Rabbi Dovber of Mezrich who took his teacher's ideas and through tremendous administration and great leadership, institutionalized it into, part, into Judaism and to the Jewish life. So Rabbi Dovber of Mezrich passed away on this day, 
the 19th of Kislev in the year 1770, uh, 1772. Um, and on his deathbed, he um, encourages students to continue the tradition and to make this day a meaningful day. And he actually turned to his, one of his students, the author of the Tanya, Rabbi Schneir Zalman, he said, this is going to be our day. And only many years later, 26 years later, did, it, did that become clear because in the year 1798, Rabbi Schneir Zalman, who will unpack after the break a bit of his story, was released from prison. And that day became a turning point for this incredible individual in how he disseminated his teachings and the impact he had on the world. You know, when you look at the world today and you, you wherever you are, You'll go to Chabad House. You'll hear about Chabad. The founder of the Chabad movement was Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, this individual. And the, the lion's share of his impact um, took place as a consequence of his release of prison and his motivation to take his vision to a whole new level. And without a doubt, it's his vision, obviously, the, as consequence, his successors until the Lubavitcher Rebbe, um, the, you know, the, the famous one of, of, of our time, um, that in so many ways have added tremendous value to the Jewish world. Um, it's not an exaggeration to call them the most powerful Orthodox Jewish movement in the world and the most impactful in so many ways. And it's on this day that we commemorate Rabbi Schneir Zalman and his teachings, which we're going to talk about after the break. First of all, the story of his imprisonment and then a bit of the story of why were his teachings so impactful. But one of the things that Rabbi Schneir Zalman was known for, and that's what I want to start now, is he was known as a tremendous composer. And I chose um, one song. The other songs are also that we're going to play later on are also connected to this day. But this song specifically is one of the most famous songs that Rabbi Schneir Zalman composed. It's a song well, well known. And it's actually we're going to be singing in, in, from Monday in the Hallel as Hanukkah begins. Rabbi Schneir Zalman, who composed an incredible song of um, the four stanzas, which we're not playing now. Um, this is a song called Keliata, You Are My God and I Will Glorify You, a beautiful melody from Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi in honor of his special day here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan here on the Farbringen Show, Tuesdays from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. And it's incredible to be here with you on this Farbringen Day. We were just playing the song of Keliata, Veideka, Lekaira, Mimeka, which was, you know, which translates as, You are my God, and I will thank you. You are my God, and I will glorify you. A beautiful melody that was composed by Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, the author of the Tanya, who on this day we commemorate an incredible event that happened to him. And therefore, in that honor, we sing, we played that song, and we're going to be playing two more songs throughout the show, which connect to this day, very powerful Hasidic melodies um, that hopefully will enhance a Fabrangan. A Fabrangan without singing is not a Fabrangan, it's just a speech. And the point of a positive Fabrangan is that it reaches the heart. And one thing we're told is that music reaches the heart in the most beautiful way. And sometimes when you have a combination of the 
reflection that comes from quality, you know, Jewish music, and hopefully some words of insight together, they, as a marriage, as a combination, they can have an incredible impact on us and hopefully take the idea that's trying to be brought across and, and resonate and impact and make an impression on the heart. So let's talk about this day. Rabbi Schneir Zaman of Liadi, 18th century sage who passed away in 1812 and was born in 1745. And Rabbi Schneir Zaman of Liadi has various contributions to the Jewish world. He's very often known as the author of Shulchan Aruch Harav. One of, throughout Jewish history, every few hundred years, based on, you know, how the laws, the application of Jewish law had evolved. Obviously, Jewish law never changes, but it definitely evolves, and the principles stay the same, but the application is very much relevant on the world that is. So every few hundred years, a new need for a gathering of the, the laws up to that time was needed. And actually, it was Rabbi Schneir Zalman's teacher, who we mentioned earlier, Rabbi Dovber of Mizrich, who encouraged his student to write an updated Shulchan Aruch, an updated code of Jewish law, which has been accepted across the Jewish world. It's known as the Shulchan Aruch HaRav, the Shulchan Aruch of the Great Rabbi. And it offers a tremendous, um, it offers tremendous value in the fact that it offers the law and the reasoning behind the law. Often the Shulchan Aruchs of the previous generations were very much law, and the reasoning had to only be found in the commentaries. And Rabbi Shneir Zalman believed in creating a conglomeration of both the law and the reasoning, which makes it much more palatable and makes it much more academic and just much more geschmack, much more pleasant and interesting and, um, and a, a better read. And, that was one tremendous work that he was known for. Um, specifically, even uh, in the Shulchan Aruch, there's one part of the Shulchan Aruch that he's, he, he's extra known for, and that is the laws of Talmud Torah, the laws of studying Torah, which is the only modern, so-called modern, in the past few hundred years, um, sage who put together the, the laws of learning Torah as, a, as, a, as, as its own section. And I've, many rabbis have told me how um, they they studied this this pamphlet, but it's actually a book, um, and find tremendous tremendous insight on the actual application. What is what are what are the qualifications of studying Torah? How much Torah must a person study? What should they study? How should they study? What are the obligations of education? That's just one element of what he wrote in the Shulchan Aruch in his Code of Jewish Law. Besides that, he was known for. A mystical book. I, I get the word mystical always just you know dry, maybe and it rubs the wrong way because what what does mystical mean? But a book on the more internal esoteric part of Judaism and that is Tanya, which is also an extremely famous book. If there's one Hasidic book that's known the world over, it's Tanya. It's already been published in those six thousand editions, um, over a dozen languages across the world, and has been studied by. Uh, by now, I'd imagine millions of Jews in the past 200 plus years. And the Tanya, um, which is deceivingly a very small book with five sections. Um, actually, many Jews have a custom of studying the Tanya throughout the year. And the, it's been split up to fill every day. You do a part of it and th th throughout a calendar year, you finish it. Actually, the custom is that on today, the 19th of Kislev, we restart again. So today is actually the first day um, 
if you follow the Tanya cycle of learning a piece of Tanya every day, this, today is the first day of that cycle. And the Tanya introduces many, many uh, powerful concepts um, of Jewish tradition. And I just want to focus on the premise of the book. The premise that Rabbi Schneir Zalman wrote this whole book is that he believed passionately that the, the knowledge, the esoteric knowledge of Judaism, the knowledge of not only God's will, but God himself, as much as a, a human being can understand, is important. And it was his obligation to teach it. You know, for most of Jewish history, Kabbalah the, the, and the mysticism of Judaism was pretty much kept under wraps. Um, and it was felt that it can be abused by people which don't have the correct academic acumen and knowledge, and therefore it was held under wraps. But two things changed um, in the time of the Baal Shem Tov and as, as a um, consequence by Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. Two, two fundamental changes. Number one, they felt that the weakening of Jewish life you have to understand that until 250 years ago, the entire Jewish world was pretty much religious. It was only in the past 250 years with emancipation and the, the opening of Jewish uh, the Jews to, to, the, to the outside world that suddenly the whole concept of Jews you know, losing their passion for Judaism and just full, you know, not being part of the Jewish community has really come forward. And today, unfortunately, it's quite a majority. And they both felt that to awaken the Jewish people, which unfortunately in some way they felt were in a slumber, that it was a need, although that until then the Jewish mysticism, mysticism was supposed to be kept under wraps, Ace Lasses Lashem was a time for, to do the God's work and to bring this part of Judaism out into the public so that people can connect as much as they possibly can with knowledge of God because that will allow people to have a much more passionate why. You see, many Jews, pretty much most of Jews throughout history, were able to focus on the Judaism of what um, and how. And the why wasn't so important. In other words, they, they were dedicated. Their, their only question was, what does God want for me and how does he want me to do it? Um, and maybe just understanding the logic behind the law. But understanding God, understanding the purpose of creation, understanding the, 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 the spiritual levels and how they manifest in our life, understanding the, the intangible of Judaism was felt, and obviously based on strong sources, it was felt that it was unnecessary. And perhaps it was. It, perhaps it wasn't necessary. But in the past few hundred years, the Jewish world, unfortunately, we've, we've, We've lost a lot of that discipline to just do things because that is what's expected. And these individuals felt that if we can give a strong why, we can give a strong background and a strong deeper meaning to what we do, that they can bring many Jews back. And the success has been shown in the past 200 years how many Jews connect to this idea of understanding God, um, understanding the why of life, understanding what a soul is and what's the purpose of a soul and how to overcome temptation. And the, really the, the, the intangible but very much real part of religion. And the other reason that they felt it was so important was we're told that when Mashiach comes, when the Redeemer comes, that the world will be full of knowledge of God. And when, when they translate knowledge of God is not only obviously the Talmudic knowledge and what God wants, but actually understanding as much as we can of godliness. 
And because that is what's going to happen when Mashiach comes, when the Redeemer comes, and we are getting closer to the coming of Mashiach, they felt it was we're in the era, we're already deep in the sixth millennium, and we're getting closer, please God, happening very soon today. In our time, uh, the coming of Mashiach, they felt that just like a um, it's a mitzvah. It's a it's a positive it's a positive commandment to taste Shabbos food on Friday. It's a mitzvah that maybe my wife doesn't really like when I start sticking my my uh, spoon into every pot and tasting the food. Um, but it's actually a mitzvah to, to taste the food of Shabbos. So too, they felt that it's important to have a taste of the messianic teachings um, that we're all going to be learning. Please go, Mashiach comes knowledge of God Himself to get a taste as much as we can in our limited capacity now. So it's for these two reasons, because of the weakness of our time and the need for more stimulation and a strong why, and at the same time the preparation for the coming of Mashiach, they felt that these two reasons justifies and actually gives meaning. And they quoted the the holy Arizal who lived in the 16th century, who said not only is the good thing, but mitzvah legale zaysachachma, it's a mitzvah, it's it's a commandment to share this wisdom in our time. And this was already 200 years before the Baal Shem Tov, that now in our time, this knowledge, which maybe for most of history was kept under wraps, it has to come in the open so that if possible, it can inspire one person, two people, etc. And one of the actual analogies that Rabbi Shneur Zaman of Liadi gave to explain why it's so important, he spoke about a son, a prince, who was sick. And the doctor said that the only way the prince can be healed was if they took the stone which is in the which is in the king's um what's uh, the hat that the king wears sorry i'm actually going blank um not the throne anyways um in the hat that the king wears i i actually going blank and if they take it and they grind it and they pour it into the kid's mouth then um, he'll be able to be revived. The problem was that the kid's mouth was slammed shut. And the king said, take that stone out of my crown. Sorry, crown. Seriously, crown. Um, take the stone out of my crown and grind it. And ho- perhaps one little drop will come into the to the king, into the, the prince and revive him. And so too, you know, Jewish mysticism is the crown, is the, the, the diamond of the crown. And maybe um, it, 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 not all of it can be internalized. But in our time that the Jewish world is in such need of passion and revitalization and and a reason, a why. I just had somebody reach out to me recently and say, Rabbi, I want to come and just like, why? Like, give me a reason for why. Um, what's going on? What's the deeper meaning? At this stage, this part of Judaism and what the Tanya represents has so much value to add in our life. And we're actually told that not only is this a taste of Mashiach, but we're told that this can bring, by studying this, this can bring Mashiach. And it's the story's told, and I'm going to play a song of that just now. The story's told, Rabbi, that the Baal Shem Tov one time had a spiritual experience when he went up to heaven while still alive. And he met the, the Redeemer, he met the Mashiach, and he said, When are you going to come? And the response was, When your wellsprings. When mysticism and, and, and Jewish knowledge spreads out to the whole world, that's when it's going to come. So it actually not, not only a prep, but it actually actively um, brings Mashiach closer. And this is a song called Emasei Kasimar here on 101.9 Chai FM. Mm-hmm. 
You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avtsan on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtsan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul, and here we are um, on this incredible day, the 19th of Kislev, and it's an absolute privilege and honor to be with you. And as mentioned earlier, Rabbi Schneir Zaman of Liadi had a tremendous passion um, and believed wholeheartedly in sharing the knowledge of God with the whole world. And the story goes that in, the 17, in 1798, he was arrested. Some fellow Jews felt that it was a terrible idea, and they came up with a way of creating a conspiracy that he was supporting at the time the Turkish government, um, which wasn't true. Basically, the Rabbi Shneur Zaman of Liadi at the time was sending money to support Jews in Israel. And because Turkey, the Ottoman Empire, was then in charge of Israel, um, those who wanted to fight Rabbi Shneur Zaman were able to paint as if he's sending money to the Ottomans who were at, at the time in war with Russia, Tsarist Russia. And based on that, he was thrown into prison for quite a few weeks. And Really, what it boiled down to and what the whole case for him was, he felt it was much more spiritual imprisonment than a physical imprisonment. In other words, that something in heaven or some, there's some, something maybe perhaps wrong in what he's doing um, in spreading the Jewish mysticism. And he saw the, the fact that he was freed soon after with tremendous honor as a vindication and as an encouragement to go further and to spread the message further, and to spread this beautiful, the beautiful ideas that he, he passed from his teachers to the entire Jewish world. And ever since then, his teachings, the Tanya, his books, the Torah, etc., have become Jewish classics, and many, many, many Jews around the world study them or study books that are based on them, the entire Chabad library that is close to a thousand books in total, um, that were written by the, by his successors is very much based on his original work and the principles that he put down over there, and it's had a tremendous impact. And whether you know it or not, chances are if you've ever been to Ashir, you've you've heard an idea of the Tanya, you've heard an idea that Rabbi Schneir Zaman pretty much um, taught and, and shared with the world. And therefore, for every one of us in some way this day that he called his private Chagagula, the day of his redemption, um, and he, you know, he called for it to become a, a day of celebration. And indeed, all over the world, it has become a day of celebration. So in each and every one of us who in any way has been impacted by the messages that Rabbi Shneri Zalman taught and by the, his successors and in any way been impacted by Chabad um, around the world and here in South Africa, for the, in some small way, this is our holiday. This is a day to celebrate the, the tremendous gift that Rabbi Shneri Zalman brought, this, brought to the world. And to commit to you know, grow our learning in all areas of learning. Rabbi Schneir Zalman's name, his name was Schneor, the author of the Tanya's name was Schneor, Two Lights. Because on the one hand, he offered so much value in the mysticism element. But on the other hand, we said also in the Jewish law element, he wrote the Shulchan Aruch, um, the Shulchan Aruch Harav, the Code of Jewish Law. And he had a tremendous balance of being both a tremendous halachist and a tremendous, um, you know, Kabbalist, a mystic, a mystic. And through that incredible balance that he offered, he impacted the Jewish world in an incredible, incredible, incredible way. And his teachings live on. So I want to finish off the show um, in just a moment by playing a song um, called Pada Shalem. It's a, it's a beautiful long melody 
on chapter 55 of Tehillim, which Rabbi Shneur Zalman said that as he was reading this verse, Padav Shalom, I was redeemed in peace, that I was freed. It was on this day, it was because um, he used to read every day the Tehillim of the week, and the chapter 55 is the Tehillim for Tuesday, and as he was reading it, he was freed. And ever since then, this melody, which was based on the words in that chapter, has become a classic to sing on this day. But I want to finish off before we play the song, to wish each and every one of us that whatever areas in our life that we need redemption and we need freedom, today is a day that, please God, we should be able to pray for it and that our prayers should be answered and each and every one of us should have tremendous, tremendous success in every area of our life and we should have cheros, true freedom from whatever we want and I want to wish you a good yom tif. Um, and wish you a happy Hanukkah for Sunday night and encourage each and every one of us to light the menorah and to... Um, you know, play the dreidel game and have a beautiful Hanukkah experience and then have a wonderful holiday following that. And please, God, um, if you, you know, you could go to any shul in town pretty much, you could ask for a Tanya Shear for a lesson in Tanya or just go on the internet, Chabad.org and other sites and just learn f- from what the incredible teachings of Rabbi Shneur Zalman who in so many ways is one of the most impactful Jews in, in Jewish history. So I want to finish off by L'chaim, wishing you all a wonderful life, a wonderful day, a wonderful week. And this is Padav Shalom here on 101.9 Chai FM.